G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Just as we're smack bang in the middle of a series about marriage and family here on A Different Perspective, it seems to me appropriate to talk about singleness. For some, protracted singleness. Because being single is one of the most misunderstood family issues on the planet. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be back with you again. And yes, today we're going to be taking a look at this whole very important topic of singleness from a different perspective. And do stick with me, because very soon I'll be telling you about my latest life application booklet. It's called Healing for Broken Families, and I'd love to send you a free copy to be used of God to pour His love out into your family. In the UK, the US, Canada and New Zealand, Australia, in fact, across the Western world, 28% of households contain only one person. That's staggering. Between one quarter and one third of all households contain only one person. And 28% seems to be a pretty standard figure across the so-called developed world. Now, you might think that in much more family-oriented societies like Asia, the picture would be different, and to some extent it is. But things are changing. Take India, for instance. This is what the Hindustan Times has to say. Since the dawn of time, human societies have structured themselves around the family group held together by bonds of affinity. In India, typically, families were large, including several generations, and tightly knit. There was safety in numbers in an unpredictable world with meagre resources. Only those who didn't have a choice, victims of some terrible calamity, were compelled to live alone. But things are changing. Indeed, they are changing so fast that India will have 17.4 million single-person households by 2020. According to the projections of London-based marketing firm Euromonitor, only the US, China and Japan in that order will have more single-person households. This is a big shift culturally and economically for a society that generally celebrates the idea of family. And see, that's the tradition that's been going on around the world over the last 50 or so years. As levels of affluence have risen, the extended family has given way to the nuclear family, which in many respects is giving way to the single-person household. Why is it related to affluence? Well, the more affluent we become, the less we need safety in numbers, or so we think. But notwithstanding this trend, so many people who are married, who are living in family relationships look down on singleness. And that is particularly true, let me say, of Christians. The activities of many churches revolve around families and couples leaving singles out in the cold. People head off after church on Sundays in groups to have lunch or whatever. The young families with the kids tend to go out together and the older people without kids form clusters and go somewhere else for a quieter lunch. And the singles, and I remember this happening to me when I was single, seem to be just forgotten. We don't quite say it out loud, but singleness in the thoughts of many is a lesser state. There must be something wrong with you if you're single. 
But that's simply not what the Bible teaches. In fact, it's the complete opposite. According to God's word, and therefore according to God, singleness is a much higher calling than being married. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1-8. to Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is well for a man not to touch a woman. But because of cases of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a set time, to devote yourselves to prayer and then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But this I say by way of a concession, not of a command. I wish that all were as I myself am. But each has a particular gift from God, one having one kind, one having a different kind. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is well for them to remain unmarried as I am. But if you are not practicing self-control, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to be aflame with passion. Now, the thing that I love about God's word is that it's plain and direct about things. And here, God is saying through Paul, well, he's stating the blindingly, glimpsingly obvious. We both, men and women, have a sex drive. It's been put there by God for a very good reason, to procreate the species and as a great blessing of intimacy between husband and wife. But the only appropriate place where that should be exercised is in the context of a lifelong exclusive relationship between one man and one woman. And despite the strong assertions to the contrary these days, when it comes to same-sex relationships or, or casual heterosexual relationships or just living together, as much as those sins are being promoted as a valid lifestyle choice, you don't have to be a psychologist or a biologist to figure out the wisdom of God's plan of the expression of intimacy in marriage between a man and a woman alone. But pick up now what the Apostle Paul says about all this. I say this by way of concession, not of a command. I wish that all were as I myself am, which is single. But each has a particular gift from God, one having one kind of gift, another having another kind of gift. To the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is well for them to remain unmarried as I am. Now, why does Paul say that? Well, frankly, Paul simply couldn't have done what he did if he'd been married. In fact, in this very same chapter, he goes on to say that, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 28 and 32 to 38. Those who marry will experience distress in this life, and I would spare you from that. I want you to be free from anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the affairs of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about the affairs of the world, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried woman and the virgin are anxious about the affairs of the Lord, so that they may be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about the affairs of the world and how to please her husband. I say this for your own benefit, not to put any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and unhindered devotion to the Lord. So then, he who marries his fiancée does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do better. A wife is bound as long as her husband lives, but if the husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, only in the Lord. But in my judgment, she is more blessed if she remains as she is. Do you see what he's saying here? Singleness is a higher calling than marriage, because when you're single, you can be singularly focused on God and getting about the business of doing what he's called you to do. 
So to those who are single, let me say this. Recognise that this may be God's calling on your life. If it isn't, if in your heart of hearts you know it isn't, don't rush out there and get hitched to the first wife or husband that comes along. As someone once said to me, when I was single and keen to find a wife, the only thing worse than being single is being married to the wrong person. But if you know in your heart of hearts that God has called you to a single life to serve him, then I want you to be encouraged today to recognise the high calling that he has put on you and to get on with being who he made you to be. Don't let the trashy opinions of others who seem to stare down their noses at your singleness distract you from what God has called you to do. The one who marries will do well, but the one who refrains from marriage will do better. And to all those who are living in families and and enjoy that, I pray that this message about singleness will be a bit of a wake-up call of the special single people that you have in your life. Churches, wake up to these special people whom God has called and placed in your midst. They're free agents, free agents to work as soldiers of the Lord in the spiritual battle for souls that's playing itself out around the globe. They are capable of giving time that married people aren't capable of giving. They are capable of getting up and going wherever God calls them on the globe to serve him in a way that we married people are not. The single life is a much higher calling than married life, a calling that, as Jesus said, not all are able to follow. There's no doubt that in this postmodern high-tech age, doing family, being family, is more difficult than it's ever been before. That's why so many families are being torn apart, which is why I'd love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet. It's called Healing for Broken Families, because His Word is alive and active. Amen? So I'm praying that God will pour His love out right there in the middle of your family, through this booklet. You can request your free copy right now. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1300 722 415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1300 722 415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.